Hey, everybody, and welcome into Camel Call Friday. This will be our last show before a little bit of a holiday break. We'll be back the uh, first week in January, and we're going to have some fun, of course, at the end of the show with uh, Evan Budrovich, as we always do. But at this time, we're going to introduce you to some guys that you probably know, but you might not know about their new positions and um, um, some special guys that are a special part of what makes this uh, athletic department special. And we're going to start off with uh, Jason Williams, who has just been promoted to Associate AD for Communications and Branding. You, If you don't know Jason, you know Jason's work. Number one, he has been here for 15 years, and he is a much younger man than me. So uh, pretty much uh, right out of school, you came here, Jason, and we'll start right there. How did your path lead you, a guy from Eastern North Carolina, a guy that went to UNCW here to Bowie's Creek. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Um, yeah, it. Uh, I, I did come out of here. I did come here straight from UNCW. Uh, graduated in in 2007 uh, after interning with with the athletic department there. Um, decided that maybe this was something I wanted to try and uh, had a had a mutual connection with with Joe Browning there at UNCW, who's still there. Does does awesome work. Um, he's known Stan Cole for, at that time, 20 years. Now it's 30-some years at this point. Um, but they they went way back, and, and um, you know, Joe and, and Tom Reardon, also still at UNCW, um, really said, hey, I think this would be a great, great fit for you, a great place to start your post-grad career. And, and so I, I accepted an internship at the time, and, uh, and uh, it kind of grew from there. And with that as well, being here for 15 years, I mean, when you go down, including coaches, including staff members, you know, who's been here longest in the athletic department, you have been here. And I think the fascinating about it, you being in the business that you have as uh, being in the athletic communications department, you have seen not only so many changes here at Campbell. When you came here, this was a place that was in the Atlantic Sun that was just starting football. Yeah. But then... There wasn't any Twitter accounts, I believe, when you first started. Correct. There was no Instagram accounts. I know that for sure because Instagram started when I've been here. Tell me the landscape of your job and what um, it, what you did back 15 years ago, of course, in the athletic communications department. Now you are the athletic communications and, and head sports information for football, wrestling, and lacrosse. So back then, 15 years ago, how different was it? It was it was very different. Uh, it's you know anything any field that you're in that's related to any kind of technology and things like that. Of course, it's going to evolve, um, and it certainly did. Um, so I got in it at a good time. It was when uh, when when things were still kind of what we call kind of old school, you know, and um, it was a lot of a lot of doing you know game notes and the traditional things, and it was really an emphasis on on your writing and and um, and, and then. You know, there was Facebook. Facebook started when I was in college. Um, I'm sure you, you right out, out of college, you're not that much older than me. So <laughs> just to back up to that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it, it was something where Facebook was a thing. You know, MySpace was still a thing. But no, no colleges were really on it. There were uh, certain kind of fan groups and things like that on Facebook. But it was not something we could really tap into. We used it more at the time. As, a, as an outreach piece for, for alumni and things like that. These groups could be together 
or these fan groups could be together on Facebook. But that was pretty much it. We didn't have a lot of control over it. It was basically a, a another sort of message board. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then Twitter starts up, and it's kind of a slow process at getting off the ground. About a year, or two years, something like that, and then you really start seeing, you know these different sport accounts pop up, these different af- athletic departments uh, getting their their own Twitter handles. And and then, you know, it's just text at the time. You couldn't have media associated with it, so you couldn't share photos and videos and things like that. And they slowly add it. Wow, that's right. It was, yeah. it was just text. It yeah. was a two-year phone, which not everyone had a smartphone, but, but to your computer, it was a, a, a really a news feed. Right, exactly, exactly. So... Um, you know, I, I got on it and, and, you know, it certainly, it's, it was easy to recognize the trend and where it was going. So I went to, I went to Stan and said, Hey, I think we need to start one of these things. Yeah. And, um, so in the office at that time, it was us two and, uh, and Joe Prisco, who you worked with, um, for, for a time there, who's now at, at Tulane. And, um, and, uh, so, you know, there was one afternoon, Joe and I just started, we started a Twitter account. And what year was that? Do you remember? Oh, gosh, probably 2010 ish, something like that. I can't remember exactly yeah. what year it was, but I'm sure it's on the profile. I think that's up there, but um, probably 2010, something, something around that yeah. time. So um, it's not long ago, but it's so long ago. It feels like <laughs> a long time ago. It really does. Um, but we, we started it up, and, you know, no one really knew what they were doing at the time, but we knew it was a way to connect yeah. uh, our our athletics to our, our, our fans and alumni and everything. And, and um, yeah, it's evolved from there. Um, so, you know, shortly, probably two, somewhere t- between two and five years later, Instagram comes along and, you know, even further changes yeah. things. And um, so graphics really become – part of what you do and you know before it was it was not a whole lot uh in 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 the graphics uh department but it was mainly putting together publications and things like that and and uh but then graphics really became an emphasis so um yeah just staying with those trends and yeah it's evolved a lot the core of it is still the same which is you know telling the stories of your teams and student athletes and coaches and and your department but uh, but the, the method of doing so has changed dramatically. How satisfying is that when you look at, again, we are both very close to it. I'm a little biased, but I think we not only have the best social media across the board in the Big South Conference, we have the best social media. Um, I'll, put, I'll put us up against a lot, of, a lot of mid-majors as well. You started the Twitter accounts. You started the Instagram accounts. You knew when Go Camels at Go Camels on Twitter had 50 followers. When you look across the board and see the thousands and thousands of followers and the reach that's in the millions across everything, does that make you smile a little bit? It does. Uh, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around, I guess. Yeah. You know, you know you've been here long enough where you, you've seen the evolution of it and, and you've seen the growth. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think it may have been right around the time that you got here where we decided like, Hey, we need to, we need these different sport accounts as well. And, um, and uh, so, you know, not, not only had the had the main account, but then then we had to every, every one of our sports has has an account on at least all three of those platforms. And now you have TikTok as well. And, you know, some of our teams have latched onto that as, you know, in addition to the uh, more traditional Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And 
um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild to to look back and see it and um, our football account, which you know also started that one and um, we hit twenty five thousand followers this year on Twitter and hit ten thousand on Instagram and you know hit those big milestones and yeah, it's cool to see and cool to look back on. Um, you don't have a lot of time to reflect because you got to keep up with it, but. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's it's cool to to see how much it's grown over the years. You have uh, worked here since football began, um, just completing the fifteenth year, and you have been the main media contact and the engine that makes social media go for football for all but but the first couple of years. Tell me about the evolution of that and this football program. Again, twenty five thousand yeah. from literally something you started that has yeah. to make you smile as well. Yeah, it's uh, I was I was at the first football practice. Um, you know, I was uh, again that was that that intern year. That was my first year here where we had the first practice. And um, those of you that are familiar with with campus, um, it's at the the back of campus um, uh, beside those intramural fields. Now, um, you know that was that was our football practice field area uh, where the football field is currently, and Barker Lane Stadium is. Um, that was where the track was. And so at the time, for those first couple of years, we had, we had a track out there. And, um, and then they decided that's where they wanted to put the football stadium as well. So they, uh, they tore that out and put down, put down the uh, turf there. But, um, yeah, first starting out, you know, it was kind of humble beginnings as, as, you know, a lot of stories start uh, here at Campbell. And, um, you know, they, they were – the dressing room was was down the street a little ways. It was a laundry, and then it was converted into a locker room. and And now I believe it's a science building. Uh, but uh, yeah, the guys every single day would would go dress down there in this converted laundry, and you'd see them walking down the street with their helmet and shoulder pads, <laughs> and, and and walk towards the back of campus and cross that little street back there. But um, but yeah, it was uh, like I said, humble beginnings uh, for that program. But gosh, it's crazy to see how much it's grown and you know, into uh, scholarship football and in the Big South and now going to the CAA next year. You've been here for 15 years. You are, again, I'm biased, but unbelievably talented, very, very good at uh, everything that's asked of you in your job and and then some. Why has Campbell continued to be the place for you over a decade and a half now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a place I honestly didn't know. I'm I'm from two, two and a half hours from here, northeast, I didn't know a ton about Campbell, um, honestly, before uh, starting here. Um, when I was a student, uh, we, you know, UNCW would play Campbell in a, in a few sports, baseball, basketball. Um, you know, but I, I didn't know a, a ton about campus. I'd never been here. Um, and uh, I got here, and honestly, just the – it was such a welcoming place to me. Uh, it, it became home quickly. And it just uh, it's a place that felt right, and it's a testament to all the great people that were here and are here. And um, as you know, it's particularly in athletics, people change out a lot uh, in in athletics, and some of us stick around. And uh, but this this place has been very special to to me, and um, and, and now my wife and 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 two boys as well. Um, my wife and I got married in 2011, uh, and so. We decided we wanted to to stick around because this place has been so good to us and and uh, and has really become home. And but, but yeah, it's more it's about the people. I think that's what anybody 
would say that that's been here, uh, really special people here. And from humble beginnings of Rich Square, North Carolina, tell me about your hometown. Well, we always say uh, Rich Square is neither rich nor square, uh, but uh, you know it, it's a very small town. Um, I, I, we moved there when I was when I was twelve. Uh, grew up in um, went in North Carolina, and then and then moved to to Rich Square of my dad's job. Um, he needed to be in the. It's only one county over, uh, but. Uh, we needed to move for his job and everything and and uh but yeah we uh we made the move and and like i said it's it's a really really small town there's there's it's it's a it's a great place to grow up it's simple and uh you know lots of farmland and lots of places for for kids to play and and all that so i got to you know ride my bike up and down the streets and in, in town and everything and and uh you know you don't have to worry much about a a car or anything like that so that was nice parents didn't have to worry about that but yeah small town and my, my wife's from another uh, small eastern north carolina town oak city um which sounds uh, a lot bigger than it is exactly they, they do have one stoplight rich, <laughs> rich square had two so you know she was doubling you know in 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 city feel and you all uh, were high school us. sweethearts we were we we were yeah so uh, we met, uh, this is the most small town thing ever, but we met at the Watermelon Festival. Of course. And uh, in Murfreesboro, North Carolina. And, you know, eyes met and and we, we had to, uh, we were just drawn to each other and we have been ever since. So, uh, yeah, we got married, uh, like I said, in 2011, but uh, we met, we were heading into our junior years of high school and we went to different schools, but had mutual friends and so we use that as an excuse to to meet each other and and uh yeah the rest is history i guess dr courtney williams if you're looking for a dentist in the area as well which is why his twitter handle i think still says i love my dentist yes which which Correct. seems a little scandalous yes. until you know know the history yes 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 yeah no uh no scandal there it's, uh no that that's my wife she's uh She's not only an incredible wife and, and, and mother, but uh, she's an incredible dentist as well. So, um, so you know, and I certainly couldn't do what I do without, without all that she does at home and, and, uh, and taking care of our, our two awesome boys. He has been promoted to Associate AD for Communications and Branding. He's the reason why Twitter and Instagram is here at Campbell, period. We'll be back with more after the break. This is Camel Call Friday. Welcome back to Camel Call Friday. Joining me now, he is the Associate AD for External Affairs. He is Matt Lavery, and I know on this show we're usually talking to people that have been here for 5, 10, and 15 years you have been there for a little bit shorter time. Tell us about your time here and um, it, the whirlwind that it really uh, has been for you, Matt. Yeah, I, I came in, uh, I guess, what was it, end of, end of July. Uh, felt like early August. Feels like two days ago. It feels like two years ago at the same time um, because of all that's happened uh, and since. But yeah, I... I um, Came in from uh, NC State, uh, where I was working at um, in the marketing fan experience department. So came down here to 
do a, a similar position um, working on the marketing fan experience and, and everything external as it relates to Campbell Athletics. And yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind um, coming off of the pandemic, um, coming off of a lot of changes, coming off of 13 championships. Um, so we've uh, we've had a lot of work to do and we're uh, excited to be here with you laying the laying the groundwork for uh, the future with Hannah and, and all that that's uh, that's going on in Campbell Athletics right now. And you have been charged with coming in and saying, hey, we have had odd seasons over the past two years because of the pandemic. We're expecting to have a lot of people come and watch these things, make the fan experience um, better. And, and you have done that in both football and basketball. Yeah, uh, you know, we're, we're try to do what I can and bring what I can and my knowledge from um, where I've been um, and things that I've seen around the country. And um, I know we're not there, you know, yet. I, I, I'm glad to hear that we've had a, a little bit of an impact and the fan experience has improved uh, partially in, in the time that I've been here. But there's there's bigger goals on, on how we can really make this uh, an entertaining atmosphere across all of our sports um, in, in a place that um, this community wants to come to. And when they come here, they can, you know, turn their minds off for a little bit and, and enjoy Campbell Athletics and, and enjoy, immerse themselves in the student athletes and, and what they're trying to uh, achieve on the court or on the field um, every day. Matt, one of the many great things about you and your resume and why you're perfect for, for this job is we'll talk about the, uh, the bigger schools that you've been at to see fan experience and marketing at the highest level but also where you started. You were a Division I athlete at Drake University, which is in Des Moines, Iowa, back kind of near my neck of the woods. But that is a very similar profile of what you experience here at Campbell. Tell me about your time at Drake and your time as a Division I athlete. Yeah, I, I had an, an incredible time as a Division I athlete. Um, I, I joke that uh, I, I played golf, and I, I joke they shouldn't have called us the golf team. They should have called us the vacation team because we just <laughs> got to travel the country and, and go to nice, warm places and, and play golf. Okay, I always <laughs> think of that in my head. If you're choosing a Division I uh, sport to go into, that would be a good one because it's so, so the, the reality matches the perception. Huh? Yeah, I mean, some of the, and when you're in it and you're, you're going to class and um, – you travel and stuff like that. Um, it it sometimes does feel like work, but then you take the you know thirty thousand foot view of it, and you're like, okay, this is really cool. What I get to do, <laughs> I just get to play golf at all these really awesome um, courses and against these awesome competitors and all that kind of stuff. And then you graduate and you you can even look at it from a fifty thousand foot view of like, wow, that was really awesome. What I just was able to do. So I had a great experience at, at Drake. It was a perfect fit for me at the time. I think. You know, we all would have, um, any athlete would have said, especially at the mid-major level, would say I would have loved to go play for a top 25 program, but that wasn't in the cards for me. But um, I got to play college golf, and I got to travel the country doing it, and that um, was what I wanted, and that's what I got. And great friends, um, you know, a lifetime of experiences and, and everything that goes on with it, and that's really kind of what um, started my, my passion for college athletics and taking a, a career in it. A guy growing up in Illinois, how did you become enamored with the game of golf, and how did you become so good? I it's it's a great question because I was um, my grandfather is a, a high school football coach was drafted in the NFL come from kind of more of a football family. I played football all the way up until I was in maybe eighth grade or so, and I was playing to play in high school. Um, golf was kind of always a secondary thing that I had you know naturally been been good at something that my dad and my parents got me into when I was young 
And I, I think somewhere around that eighth grade year, I had just gone to the Masters and was really inspired by being at Augusta National and watching Tiger and Phil and all those guys. Um, so I was really into the sport. And, and then at the, around that same time going into high school, um, a couple of the guys you know, that were already on the high school golf team saw that, hey, this guy's kind of good, got a natural swing, all these kind of things. We think you should be playing golf. We got a chance to go to the state tournament, not necessarily football. Um, and I, you know, I sat back there and thought about it and, um, I, you know, I'm right now I'm five ten, 160 pounds dripping wet, but, um, <laughs> back then I was, you know, even, even smaller for, for my age and I was not fast. I was always a lineman when I was playing in, uh, um, 5'10 linemen don't cut it at 160, no, no matter what no. division so you're playing I, in. I would just, I would go into football practice and I would just get beat up every single yeah. day and, when they were like, hey, we can make state on the golf team. I was like, you know what? I actually have fun <laughs> playing golf, and we can do well. Let's let's do that. And I just uh, I, I dove into it from there, and the rest was history. People that aren't from our neck of the woods, and again, you're different. It's not like we grew up as next-door neighbors. But the Midwest is the Midwest. Central time zone has to stick together. I grew up in Missouri, and so I know a lot about Iowa, and I know a lot about the city of Des Moines. People aren't going to believe this, but it's a sneaky, real cool town in the Midwest. What was it like, your experience there? Yeah, it, it is the cool. I, people always say that about Iowa. like They don't know much. Oh, is there anything out there? It's like, there isn't, but Des Moines is a yeah. great town. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I live up near Raleigh now, and I don't think it would necessarily consider it as big as Raleigh, but you walk around parts of uh, downtown Des Moines, you can feel like you're in the same parts yeah. of downtown Raleigh. It's just that kind of infrastructure, a capital city of, of the state, and there was a lot to do. Um, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, minus the winters. The winters were really, yeah. really cold, especially for golf. That wasn't necessarily great, but a great town um, to, to live in and, and go to college in. You had uh, amazing experiences then with your resume when you decided to uh, get into this line of work. Uh, you did it at a lot of uh, very big, um, very cool universities. Tell me about your career path after collegiate golf. Yeah, so in, I, I kind of was involved on you know in with golf on the the student athlete side with SAC. I was a SAC president um, my senior year of college, and that's when I kind of was like trying to put it together and. Um, I reached out to our, our AD at the time, uh, Sandy Hatfield Club, and she was um, a tremendous help in getting me started in this industry. And, um, you know, having been a student athlete, you didn't really necessarily, you weren't working all the time. Your work was, was your sport. So I needed a little bit of a, a lift to get my career started. She pointed me to a grad school um, down in Arizona State called the Masters of Sports Law and Business Program out of the Sandra Day O'Connor College of Law down there. Um, and had an amazing experience going down there, made the jump from Iowa to, to Arizona State, and that's where the, the career started. Um, I was fortunate enough to get hired on um, lead, leading some undergraduate interns in their marketing department and the athletic department there, um, and just dove into my master's program, dove into um, that athletic department, um, and learning as much as I could from the people there. and. Um, you know that 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 big brand name of Arizona State, um, not knowing at the time, just going down there kind of for the for the grad school. That that big brand name helped me, you know, land another uh, position at the University of Notre Dame. After that, also through some some connections, uh, people I worked with at Arizona State went to Notre Dame and stuff like that. I was able um, to go up to Indiana after I graduated uh, with my master's, and so I did a year at a at the University of Notre Dame. Um, another amazing experience and then um i have also spent some time at after that um throughout the pandemic uh georgia tech 
um, before um, taking the position at, at NC State and Campbell. So, um, you know, quite a quite the, the few schools there in the in a short amount of time. Notre Dame, a, a national brand, but especially in the Midwest, sort of hollowed grounds there w- with that university. What was it like being a part of that? It was really cool. I think I, I grew up um, going to a Catholic school, you know, um, pre-K through eighth grade and then public high school after that. So there's always, the, as, a, as a young Catholic kid, the University of Notre Dame is this, this you know, the mecca of uh, Catholicism. Um, so it was really cool to be there and be part of, like, the history and the traditions. Um, if you're on the outside of Notre Dame, it can often seem like a cult fa- following and a cult fan base. Um, and I, I would say, having been on the outside and on the inside, that's that's true. Because when <laughs> yeah. you're inside, they really make <laughs> you feel like you're part of, like, a Notre Dame family. Yeah. Um, so I, I get where that comes from because it is really cool to be there. Um, and be a part of the the traditions and the history and, and everything that that is uh, the University of Notre Dame. Well, Matt, we're glad you're here. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Matt Lavery, our Associate AD for External Affairs. Coming up, Evan and I will wrap up the show and give you a look at the week that was and the week coming up. Camel Call Friday continues after this. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Camel Call Friday. This will be our last Camel Call Friday of the entire year. We're still doing the live show on Monday, Camel Call Live, 6.30 to 7.30 at the county seat. We will have that podcast, and then we will. Sports never takes a break, but we'll take a podcast break for a couple of weeks. Some some good sports uh, coming up, especially at home. Campbell takes on their old rival UNCW in men's basketball coming up a special Wednesday at two o'clock game. And that brings us into we'll chat a little bit of basketball as Evan Budrovich as always joins me here in the final segment. But but also too, Evan, UNCW, me and you both know if you take a poll and everybody ranks who's their rivals across the sports. UNCW won't always be one, but the average is going to come out. Campbell and UNCW will be conference foes, and that fits right into a rivalry renewed. I love the 90-mile proximity. It, it is so close, an hour and a half if you're driving slow, right? So you can get there very quickly. Tremendous food in Wilmington. The culture, you mentioned, there's a lot of Wilmington grads who went to Campbell. They got their master's at one school, undergrad at the other. You know, the baseball rival is great because of the head coaches that you know, Randy Hood, who spent so much time at Campbell as a player and a coach, and now he runs that program. When Kevin Keats was at Wilmington and them and McGeehan would play every year and Chris Clemens beat him here at home with Andrew Udy and just that, that passion for it. Now, they don't have football, obviously, but in every men's soccer, that's such a big rivalry in soccer. Every year, great game. Our former ticketing director, Kevin Underwood, is now at Wilmington, so a little bit of that inner staff stuff that I always like personally and I mean, gosh, that city is great. You think of One Tree Hill yeah. and all the history of that town. <laughs> that city's great. The history of that town. One Tree Hill on the top of it. I'm on, a, right. I'm on a TV they binge should, these should last have, few weeks. They should have that on the site. I agree with you. It's one of the best uh, towns in the state. And then, you know, we said this before, but Elon just right up the road, they're going to take the place as uh, of High Point um, as a close rival, the same but different. And then NCA and T, too. Think about um, the last game be a good rival. there. No the doubt. Winfield game winner in the yep. corner. The women went to A&T. Like, that's always a yep. great matchup with those two. Yep. So, so it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Still in the Big South, though, uh, after Christmas, it's a brief break. Guys are going to have to come back because for both the men and women, the conference season starts on December 29th. Campbell will have to go all the way to Clinton, South Carolina, take on PC. The women will be home here against PC. And then if we stay with the men here, December 31st, they're at home, but it's a 2 o'clock game against Longwood. The defending champs pick to repeat Gardner-Webb, pick to finish in the top four again. That's on January 4th. And then at UNC Asheville, Longwood, Gardner-Webb, and UNC Asheville, Three of the top four teams picked to finish in that order in the Big South Conference. And as you look at the non-conference standings, it's sort of playing out that way. High Point has surprised a lot of people with what they've done in non-conference, but Longwood Gardner-Webb and UNC Asheville look to be competing along with the Camels at the top. So Campbell will know pretty quick where they stand, at least early in this conference. So Longwood, who won the regular season and the postseason last year, they were not in the top six in the preseason poll. So, perspective. Polls certainly tell you one thing. Yeah. But don't look at the camel spot in the preseason poll and go, That's ah, true. this team's yeah, not last, very good. Last year, Longwood was pick six, which is where Campbell is picked this year. High yeah. Point has the best record in the regular season right now. Part of that scheduling and mm-hmm. part of the good wins. They were picked in the middle tier to lower half. They're right there with Campbell neck and neck in the voting. So it doesn't necessarily tell you that, oh, this team's really good. What we do know is coaching-wise – Coach Prosser at Winthrop, that's always a well-coached basketball team. And we haven't even mentioned them. Tim Kraft, who's one of my favorite people to talk to in the league. He's so humble and yeah. a good heart and just a great dude. Gardner-Webb's always well-coached. And then Kevin McGeehan, like, I'll give him credit. Our teams get up for those early conference games. We always play well in early January. True. On the road. You know, Clinton, South Carolina, we make fun of Fats all the time. But if they can overcome that Fats Cafe with a Z. Of going to Fats Cafe. And what I love about the schedule, too, it's a mirrored men's and women's schedule. So when you play Longwood on the men's side at home, you're at Longwood yeah. on the women's side. <laughs> it's the same night. The games are at basically the same time. Like, it's not great from a marketing and, you know, attendance yeah. standpoint. But from a – if you're a fan of the conference, it's really neat to go, how did we do against Gardner-Webb this week? Yeah. Where you can see it literally on ESPN Plus we, at the same time. We don't have to spend too much time telling you what the conference schedule is going to be. After, after they both play on, on Thursday – this is what it's going to be. Wednesday, one team's home, one team's on the road. Saturday, one team's home, one team's on the road playing the same team. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Unless you lose both names, and then, you know, Gardner-Webb's going to put out a, a, a mean post with a bulldog attacking a Campbell. Or maybe not. You know, they're classy. We'll, we'll, we'll try not to do that. Unless it's a good high point, then we'll put out something. The women, by the way, before they start again at home against Presbyterian on December 29th, they're going out to Vegas, the Holiday Hoops Classic. They'll play Cleveland State on Tuesday, Jacksonville State on Wednesday. If you don't know, those are both two pretty darn good mid-major teams. It'll be fun, too. Um, We're going to send a couple of people out there, so social media, go Camels, WBB, a lot of fun stuff from a a fun place to play. Brittany Staves pulling slots. Nope, it'll be be Ronnie Fisher in front of a big uh, TV breaking down film. Uh, not for any type of uh, betting purposes whatsoever. Although, if there was a handicapper, he would be a great handicapper the way he he watches film. But, um, you know, the women going into a uh, conference season where okay. it kind of seems like the usual suspects okay, there, so except circle, some coaches have changed. your calendar for Valentine's Day weekend. Got it. Gardner-Webb, one, I love the emotion of that weekend. Sure. But secondly, Gardner-Webb just beat East Carolina this week on the women's side. They're 8-3. and three. Alex Simmons has a tremendous program. They were yeah. right there with Campbell in overtime in the playoffs. And Great every games, year they, yeah. they play a competitive matchup. Gardner-Webb beat Campbell here in this court, one of our lone losses in the Big South. We only had three, and that was one of them. Those two programs are really good. Shai Tooley dealing with a hand injury. She'll be making her way back. It won't be right away, but she'll be 
back in the folding conference. And then I, I tell you what, it's just something about Ronnie Fisher. Presbyterian, always a tough game to play. They can be 1-17 in the league. They can yep. be 10-7. and seven. They're just a difficult matchup. Another team that's pretty good is UNC Asheville. Um, Honey Brown is the head coach there. She was the assistant for a long time. And they're just a tough, gritty program. Those are three names. You know, High Point's record, they're 2-7, and seven, but I don't look into that too much. They've played Duke. They've played East Carolina. They've played a lot of good brand-name programs, and they can shoot the lights out from three when they're healthy. So yeah. I think those four are kind of the names you look at early. But, I mean, gosh, the Big South's so tough. On the women's side, teams 11 can beat team one, and then team 10 and two, and you go through, and, and everybody can beat everybody every night. Yeah, and it's going to be a true round robin on both sides. Uh, Ten teams in the league, so you got to go on the road and play everybody. You got to go at home, so it'll really be a, a grueling, grueling schedule. And whoever comes out on top of the regular season, well, what an accomplishment that will be. Wrestling, uh, they've played an unbelievably tough schedule. So if you see their dual record, and again, it's like we talk about with Big South basketball, people are playing teams either that are in the Power Five or teams that are below them, and, and it's hard to gauge until you play, which is why you play. But uh, the wrestling team going to go to the Purdue Duels uh, coming up on December 20th, Utah Valley, Drexel, Purdue, and then they come back here. It'll be fun. They're playing a conference game, a uh, conference match against Gardner-Webb on January 7th, but then Nebraska comes into town, and that just shows you how their profile is. It's, again, another Power Five school that they're wrestling. So the SOCON is the tournament Campbell looks to win. They've won it four straight years in the postseason, yep. so the most important. Their SOCON schedule is challenging. It ends at Chattanooga, at App State, and those three teams have jostled yep. for the tournament every single those year. Those are the three best teams in the in It the reminds SoCon. me of my first year here at Campbell back in the good old days. Jim Roberts, Bob Roller, and I. Jim Roberts was the head of finance. Bob Roller was the former athletic director. We flew in a private plane from Bowie's Creek to Asheville, to watch the finals that night, and Jerry Hano and his brother Vile both qualified for the NCAAs. We flew up just for the championships. Nathan Kreiser, who eventually won an All-American that year, he won the SoCon title and then made it to the tournament. So when I think fondly of SoCon wrestling, it, it's yeah. gritty, it's tough, and those three programs are going to be battled out for a title. Yeah, it's uh, going to be another strong year for Campbell. Campbell in the Southern Conference uh, for wrestling, and the CAA doesn't support wrestling, and so that will be the only um, team that is not in the CAA once the uh, once everything is made. Okay, this will be our last thing before Christmas, so uh, I guess a Merry Christmas to you, Evan. What are you uh, going to get under your tree? Any Anything exciting? So I love Hoka shoes, kind sure. of those comfortable Hokas where okay. you can spread your toes out. You know, gift-wise, not a lot for me personally. I, I bought Jenna. She loves shoes as well, so we got her some running shoes and then a little petty mani manicure, you know, excursion type of thing. Man, uh, fantastic. I, that's, that's right up there. I bought Remy a glow-in-the-dark collar, my 80-pound black Labrador, so it, like, glows <laughs> certain colors, and you can pick the color that it lights up to. So he'll love that. And then a squeaky tennis ball. He, he goes nuts for those things. That's uh, unbelievable. And the, the, the twins have already opened their presents because mom and dad got too excited. They have a little Tykes <laughs> basketball hoop and a T-ball set. And mom so and dad are playing with it more than your the your twins struggled with the Missouri-Kansas 
basketball game? Is this what I'm yep. seeing on Facebook? Yep, yep. They were uh, not happy, and I thought it was very funny. So uh, there you go. Uh, you were born into it, boys. Luckily, you like the Campbells. They win a lot, which is good. So you're hoping in 10 years they have the <laughs> Wilmington Campbell yep. reaction the same yep. as the Missouri-Kansas <laughs> reaction. No doubt, no doubt. Evan, thanks. I'll uh, talk to you next year before that because we talk all the time. Anyway. Thank you for being a part of Camel Call Friday. Thank you for being a part of Camel Call Friday. If you're listening to this, we've got archives going back all the way to August. We have interviewed all of the coaches, and I mean all of them. Uh, so go back and uh, have Trust a Trust me. We checked the directory. We talked you. to all the coaches. Thank you uh, for uh, supporting this and us. Have a uh, very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a great New Year. We'll be back with Camel Call Friday the first week of January. And go Camels! <laughs>